Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There are basic human things we all agree on. Most of us want to do good. Most of us don't want to cause unnecessary suffering. That was actress and activist Ivana Lynch, who joins me later in today's episode, along with Dr. Melanie Joy, to discuss their new podcast, Just Beings. But first, myself and Molly from the Vegan Food and Living team will be reviewing the new Cathedral City plant-based cheese, a vegan seafood range, milkshakes and more. Don't forget to head over to veganfoodandliving.com forward slash podcast to sign up to our newsletter and subscribe to Vegan Food and Living magazine for just 99p. Do you know what? I'm actually so glad that you we are not doing this in person because I've just had tuna pasta salad, vegan tuna pasta salad, which I'll reveal in a bit. Um, and I've got the strongest onion breath in the world. <laughs> I cannot smell that over Zoom, so that's definitely a good thing. You're welcome because it's <laughs> like I've we put a lot of red onion in there. We put a whole red Ooh. onion, like raw. I, we should have just done half, but now my mouth is oh no I can't eat too much raw onion like hardly any I just it's a bit it's a bit intense isn't it it's Mm. I don't know why we put the whole thing in Mm. I didn't do the onion so I'll just blame it on my boyfriend but yeah he ain't getting any kisses I thought he's a (laughs) chef he needs to sort that out too much I know too much onion (laughs) it's fine I'll shout at him Anyway, what uh, what have you been up to? We we were in the office yesterday, weren't we, in Bath, which we was were. nice. We got to see each other, which was so nice. Yeah, and then on Friday, we are um, celebrating our company's 20th anniversary, but yes. birthday. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. And we've got the most amazing vegan meal. I just printed out the, um, the menu, actually. Yeah, I know. I was pleasantly surprised. I wasn't actually... Uh, I... Basically, I've got an engagement party the day after and I'm doing um, the like vegan catering for it. I'd say like vegan, vegan catering. I'm just cooking for 10 people, but still, it's a lot at a party. That is um, a lot. So I, was, I wasn't going to go because the last 
party that we had I got very very drunk and the next day I was being sick all day so I was a little <laughs> bit scared of history repeating itself um but once I seen the menu I was like well I've got to go yeah hello <laughs> I'm not not going I know the starters pumpkin and chili pumpkin chili and coconut soup Mm. beetroot carpaccio with cashew pesto mm. that's what I'm having are you having that no I'm not you're having the spring rolls man- with mango salsa is it not tempura tempura there's a yes tempura. I'm getting the tempura god maybe I should have had the spring rolls yeah mango salsa sounds good and then the mains smoked spiced vegetable risotto cake that sounds fun Risotto cake. Yeah. Cauliflower steak with hummus, red pepper, almond and olive salsa. Red lentil lagoo with courgette and mushroom. How do you pronounce it? Mapo. Mapo. Mapo tofu. I love mapo tofu. I've chosen this, but what is it? (laughs) It's what made me want to do it. Oh, mapo tofu. It's one of those dishes that I've literally cooked so many times that I can't cook it anymore but I will let someone else cook it for me because it's just so good. It's, um, you have chunks of tofu. It's normally like braised within the sauce. Um, and, uh, traditionally it's served with pork mints and, um, Szechuan peppercorns. Have you ever had Szechuan peppercorns mm. before? They just numb your mouth. It's so good. I believe it's like East Asian, um, potentially Japanese. I'm not too sure. Um, but, oh, it's so good. So, um, like umami and mm. just, oh God, I love it so much. Is it served with noodles, this one, or rice? Uh, sticky rice. Sticky rice, love that. <laughs> I love that. You're just telling oh. everyone all about our dinner that we're going to have. <laughs> I know. That sound really good too. So yeah, they up, do. Keep an eye on our socials um, over the, yeah, this this coming weekend um to uh to see how we get on enjoying our three course meal um oh my god oh my god I've um I've not told you so on Saturday I went for afternoon tea for a belated birthday celebration for my mum um it's the only sort of Saturday that we both had off because we were either working or away or whatever so um we went to uh the Vale Resort which is just outside Cardiff it's in Pontycloon in Wales. I think I've heard of that. Yeah. The Vale Resort. Yeah, it's quite big. I think like um a lot of like Welsh rugby players and stuff go there to train and whatever. It's 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 huge and it's lovely. Um so and they did an af- a vegan afternoon tea. Oh, um lovely. so we were like, right, okay, we'll go there. The vegan options are just amazing. They were so, so good. Maybe even better than the dairy ones, you know, dairy and meat ones. Good. What did you oh. have? So, oh my god, I was spoiled. I had so much more than they did as well. Um, so I had a selection of sandwiches. It was cucumber sandwiches, um, tomato, and smashed avocado, which was so nice. Um, uh, falafel, which was tasty I think I had like a little chutney or something with it mm. um and roasted pepper and olive tapenade which is mm. so nice I oh. love olive tapenade it's I my love olive tapenade. oh so good um and then oh, the cakes oh my god I had two scones um which were just so like buttery and oh I love it so much um with vegan butter and jam and then I had uh, some sort of, I 
flapjacks, I had millionaire shortbreads, red velvet cake, carrot cake. Wow. And it was 20 quid per person. Bargain. I need to go to this place. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, I never really, I'm not very much of an afternoon tea person. Well, I, I love it's all a lot the sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, the cakes, I'd be like, oh, yeah, they're quite nice. But, um, I yeah, it's a lovely idea. It's like a, a sort of birthday treat or something, isn't it? Yeah, like, or not? just like a catch-up or something. Um, and as I said, it's not, it wasn't that expensive. And yeah. drink with it too. Like Bargain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I did have a pot of tea as well. Had a pot of Earl Grey to lovely. I was drinking pints as well. Pints <laughs> with your afternoon tea, Molly. You're such a wrong un. I know, I know. It's so common. We even got crisps from the bar because we just wanted a bit more. Like there was so so much sweetness. We were just like, I just kind of need something yeah. to sort of break through the sugar. Yeah. So we'll get a bag of crisps. Oh, that sounds lovely. I'm trying to think what I did last weekend. I, I went paddleboarding again. I was trying to eke out the um the last of the um the sunshine. And I did yes. I did have like a vegan taco sort of brunch, but it Ooh. was it wasn't amazing. It was really expensive as well. Like I picked up the taco and all the scrambled tofu sort of just fell mm. out the bottom. It's like mm, ten pounds for two little tortillas. It was a bit disappointing. Yeah, they are they're like especially sort of um the sort of mini tortillas now they they're a bit of a rip-off aren't they yeah I just feel like you know with vegan food a bit of tofu does not cost a lot yeah it and I'm just costs nothing death of it being like priced in comparison to the meat and dairy but never mind but never mind but never mind <laughs> quick bit of news for our listeners we are going to be at VegFest um yes. on Sunday the 13th of November we're going to be on the panel with Jake Yap who hosts the Vegan Life podcast and one of the guys from the Bloody Vegans podcast mm. talking about how to host a successful vegan podcast I know. I feel like I've got a little bit of imposter syndrome. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> not because our not because our podcast not isn't successful, but because I don't know. I just can't believe that we're going. It's, uh, yeah. it's bizarre, but I'm it's so gonna, excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. So if you um if you're going to Veg Fest, or even if you're not going to Veg Veg Fest, grab a ticket and come and see us. It'd be really nice yes. to um to meet some of our listeners. We're on the Sunday, aren't we? I believe. Yeah, Sunday. I think it's at half past one. Our talk. Yes. So. There'll be information on the website shortly. Um, and in other news, I have tried the Cathedral City oh, plant-based cheese. Very exciting. This is big news. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, before recording, I'm like, I need to get this cheese. <laughs> Apparently, Cathedral City have no samples available to send out. And they they literally did no sort of like build up to it. They just yeah, launched they just it did, on us. They just did a Beyonce. Beyonce did an album a couple of years ago. She just no press for it she just launched her album and it was a success and I feel like it's I mean it's paid off for Cathedral City because every single person that I see on um, vegan group chats and stuff like that just like where can I get this cheese where can I get it created a a real buzz just by Mm. secretly sneaking it into stores and the block is three pound 60 and the slices and the grated um versions are two pound 30 apparently the the vegan cheese market in the uk is worth 40.2 million pounds now that's ridiculous it's insane um i was yeah, I saw so many 
amazing reviews online, got very excited and then started seeing quite a few negative ones saying, I've just rushed out after hearing yeah. so many good things about this cheese and I'm really disappointed. So I came to it with a real sort of open mind and didn't know what I was going to get. I think, I believe it's also produced by Sheesh. So I was wondering whether it was going to mm. sort of be similar to theirs. I opened the packet um, and I have to say the smell test wasn't great. It didn't smell that good. But then does cheese smell that good? I don't know. I Do you mean sort of like the... I find with vegan cheese, it always, it just, it smells very artificial and it smells like um, just smelly, smelly cheese. Mm, a bit like smelly feet. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, <laughs> oh, this isn't going to be that great, is it? Um, however, I think it's probably the best one available <gasps> in the supermarkets. That's, that's a now. big claim. That yeah. is a big claim. It's it's got a really good um texture to it. It yeah, it's not sort of waxy like some mm. of them. It's got yeah. a slight crumble to it. I mean, you would probably know the difference. I think if you only ate dairy and you had this one, yeah. you'd know. But I think that's a good thing because I I could not eat dairy cheese now. Well, obviously for so many reasons because it's yeah. vegan and everything else. But if I would kind of find it really sour and this didn't Your, have yeah. that sort of the sourness. taste just completely changed, don't they? Yeah, um, it didn't have that sourness. So it wasn't like, oh my God, this is dairy. Um, but yeah, a really, really good taste. Slight tang, not a horrible aftertaste, not too coconutty. That's and, yeah, um, cool. Yeah, and it melted really nicely. Mm. So, what did you what did you do with it? Well, I just um, I just had some on some like rye sourdough with some mm. caramelized onion chutney. Oh, and then I just grilled a little bit, um, and had the same. And yeah, really, really nice. So, um, I yeah, I'm very excited about this. Do you know what? I actually kind of want to try it now. I've I've been seeing lots of people sharing it and. I just, yeah, I just want to want to get a piece. Yeah, I might not even like it. <laughs> I will never sort of, I will never be that person to eat like a block of cheese just like from the packet, like like a little mouse. I'm not that person. Yeah, I wasn't even that person when I ate dairy cheese. I, it always needed to be melted for me, right? Um, or like cooked through something. I couldn't yeah. eat it. Um, I say raw. It's not raw, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. So I feel like I'm gonna try because currently I use applewood, which is nice, but sometimes the smoky flavour it doesn't go with everything. No, I I I think the applewood was sort of a game changer when it was launched. Yeah. And obviously since then, so many different ones have come out. And whilst apple applewood, like you say, is still still great, I think. Yeah. I think this Cathedral City is, yeah, sort of a, a bit of a game changer. And it, mm. it like, you know, cheese on toast, on pizzas, over pasta, or just yeah. cheese and biscuits. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a good one and not too expensive. I mean, the block is smaller than the, the dairy ones, but I don't yeah. think it's like ridiculously overpriced. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, today, cost of living is just yeah. everything is, you know, this is it heightened isn't it yeah. I think what is it three pound something three pound sixty for the block and 230 for the slices and the grated it's not too bad I've seen more expensive ones 
Well, we have we have some more reviews for everybody today. Um, yes. We've been trying the new Omni Foods seafood range, which yes. I mean, seafood is kind of the the next big thing, isn't it, in vegan um, products? And everyone's you know now trying to imitate crab and and scallops and prawns, yeah. all sorts. And surprisingly, I feel like it's probably the one that's been most successful. I think yeah. I feel like fish alternatives I've not really had like a terrible one although tuna I've not really I've had a couple of bad tuna one like vegan tuna um products but I've also had lovely ones yeah which I don't really I can't recall much of a difference you know yeah I think the tuna is slightly harder unless you've got like something that gives it a stronger flavor like I don't know like um horseradish or Mm. mustard or something you know um that sort of takes away that sort of soya flavor yeah but omni foods yeah so they've got tuna haven't they they've got crab cakes they've got Mm. burgers fish fingers um fish fillets like a whole range and they're at vegan kind anacardo um the crab cakes i tried were i think five pounds which is quite a lot but they are it's an expensive brand i think but a treat it is, yeah, and obviously you're going to pay a lot for for fish anyway. So, yeah, the crab cakes I really, really like. Mm-hmm. I, oh I, my god! I I thought mm, I'm not sure because I sort of tend to make my own crab cakes using hearts of palm and mm. you know which have been nice. And I I thought mm, sometimes they can be a bit soft, sometimes they can be a bit too potatoy. So it's just basically like a fried potato cake. Yeah, that's the issue I've had before. Whenever I try and do them, I've made them with like butter beans um and banana blossom that's the sort yeah. of that's what I go for and you need to leave them sit for a while otherwise they just go very crumbly and as you say more like a potato cake rather yeah. than like a solid crab cake yeah but no these were really really nice really nice and firm and mm. um, yeah lovely flavor to them so which what ones have you tried then so far so I have I've had the tuna for my lunch hence my onion breath <laughs> um the yeah the tuna was really really good I think when you open the can it does smell a little bit like cat food but doesn't all tuna smell a little bit like cat food mm. um <laughs> true yeah um but I really like that I just I'm so basic whenever I see like a can of tuna or something I just do tuna pasta salad that is just (laughs) my go-to I'm so basic um unless it was like a sort of vegan tuna steak or whatever I do something different but with canned tuna there's not really tuna jacket potato I can do that too I'm versatile Um, (laughs) but yeah I really really like that It, it the can isn't massive and it's not very full um so it doesn't go that far um but it was it was a nice treat to have um and I've had the fish fingers as well which were which were really lovely um they just reminded me of fish fingers when I was younger yeah yeah I don't think you'd notice the difference would you no you genuinely wouldn't like if you give those to a child they'd yeah. be like thanks <laughs> yeah no yeah my son was perfectly happy no complaints there so that was good what about the burgers because these are supposed to be sort of very exciting people saying they're sort mm. of rivaling the fillet of fish from mcdonald's and stuff so i um they did a launch with ui didn't they to um debut these 
fish fillet burgers and oh my god I love them so much mm. they're so good a bit too good because it means <laughs> that I will have them all the time yeah. um, but I love I love fillet de fish burgers um I just love the sort of tartar sauce nice fresh I always have rocket with mine just mm. sort of bit of a peppery taste um and Yum. just good bread and oh yeah and this now is so good it's very very realistic really I haven't tried yeah. the, the fish burgers yet but we had um we went to the you know earthling ed's unity diner in London mm. so, yeah I've never been I really want to go though yeah yeah so that we we had um sort of a fish burger there was like a vegan prawn on top on a little oh wow sort of cocktail stick and that was really really nice um oh you made me want to make um tartar sauce now I'm so bad at making tartar sauce when I made a tartar sauce before it just wasn't very good I don't know what I'm doing wrong is it the um yogurt I think I might have used yogurt and maybe it was a bit too sweet yeah um I don't know do you use mayonnaise or yogurt I think it's I, do you know what I don't even know I just don't tend to I think I've maybe made it once yeah I I've made it once and then it just wasn't very good so I was just like why well, yeah again. <laughs> but tartar sauce I I've not really I don't think I've seen the Sackler tartar sauce because that's the only one I know of I know that's I haven't seen it either one. what's going on I've not on? seen it I don't know whether it, it might be at Asda because Asda has that big um in like the big supermarket ones they have um a big vegan sort of section and I have seen it there but I don't I don't go I've not really gotten Asda close no me neither yeah I've come on Sackler we want we want the tartar sauce we want more we want it in Tesco's and we want it in things breeze and <laughs> everywhere and um, we also tried the shaken other milks which are like um what are they called milkshakes aren't they chocolate yeah. <laughs> why couldn't you think yeah. of that word i don't know <laughs> milk uh shake milkshake <laughs> uh chocolate or strawberry they are and made with coconut milk they're 150 mm. at waitrose asda and sainsbury's and i think maybe a few other places um god these were good Strawberry milkshake. I am so happy to see vegan strawberry milkshake. Yum, yum. You would never tell any difference between... No, very, very sweet. You can only probably have like one, but I like to put a little bit of ice in it, which is Ooh. probably a bit weird because it dilutes it and it gets yeah. a bit watery, but I love that. Really lovely. And, you know, mm. good good price as well. Like not yeah. sort of particularly expensive. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I was sort of trying to, get my kids off dairy they'd be all over these oh, so. they're so good and strawberry milkshake bring back strawberry and fruity flavors because yeah. i say it every time i'm literally a broken record but i'm over chocolate yeah Don't get me wrong. the <laughs> chocolate was lovely but also i just love fruity flavors banana milkshake love mm, that yeah back to takes you back to your childhood mm. and then another new launch which um it's just come out a croster and molica um vegan pizzas so they do like yes. a sour they do sourdough pizzas don't they and they yes. do a sourdough base with like a tomato sauce on it which I eat regularly from from Waitrose um and I don't know I've never I just think I've seen it anywhere else so I don't know where else they do but I've normally seen them in sort of like places like Sainsbury's M&S um the more sort of high-end supermarkets yeah um but yeah, they are very lovely. So we got sent, uh, well, I got sent. Holly didn't actually get sent any. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> um, 
I got sent the new pizzas along with all of their other ranges of like uh, cross cross. What's the word? Cross crostinis. Cross, oh yeah, the little they do sort of like flatbreads and things, don't they? Yeah, it's they do flatbreads. They do just any bread that you can think of, dried or fresh. They do it. Yeah, um, it's insane. Um, but the pizzas. They they were nice. They were a good alternative to sort of pizzas that are available now. I think a lot of the ones that are in the supermarkets are either a bit basic or they're just, I don't know, either a bit too sweet, I find, um, or just feel a bit, um, what's the word? Processed? Yeah, processed. And I think with these ones, the base was really, really lovely. As you said, it's a sourdough base, which yeah. I love um so you could tell the difference straight away um and the cheese it was kind of like a cheese sauce I think um and it was kind of like scattered it wasn't covered all over the pizza it was just like blobs of it and only go to sort of like um artisan pizza houses yeah. or whatever and it's just kind of a bit it's just put placed over not like scattered um and it had kind of random toppings it was broccoli fried onion and peppers I think right which it was so nice because it was just veg and I I loved it it was really nice yeah a good sort of alternative they are small however right now 475 so yeah Yeah. they're small as well it's a bit pricey you do get two in a pack oh okay so they do I think they do the pizza and then they do the pizzetta which are two in the pack Oh, so I had the Pizzetta. Oh, okay. So they're the sort of smaller ones. Yes. Um, yeah, my local um, pizza place, which is run by Italians and it's sort mm. of really authentic, they do vegan pizzas. And instead of like the tomato base and cheese and stuff, they do like, um, oh, what do they call it? Um, they either do like a, a butternut squash um like sort puree? Of puree type thing yeah or a broccoli a broccoli cream that's what they call it oh I've so seen a couple of people doing this lately with pasta broccoli cream yeah um, they like cook the broccoli down and it goes creamy it's very strange yeah, yeah blend it up that's yeah. so, so nice yeah god I'm getting really mm. hungry now pizza I know me too I've got a, I've got a lovely um pizza place around the corner for me and it's run by Italians it's just so good they yeah. just the best pizzas well they know what they're doing don't they yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes they do you hope so well we've spent the whole of the first half of this episode talking about food um, yes. but coming up I'll be speaking to Ivana Lynch of Harry Potter fame and Dr Melanie Joy who we've had on the show before but they've teamed up to um, create a new podcast together so stay tuned for that coming up next well next I'm joined by Ivana Lynch and Dr Melanie Joy Ivana Lynch is an actress writer podcaster and advocate. She began her professional acting career at the age of 14 when she played Luna Lovegrove in the Harry Potter film series and she continues to act on stage and screen. She published her first book, The Opposite of Butterfly Hunting, The Tragedy and Glory of Growing Up in 2021. A passionate animal advocate, Ivana is also the creator and host of the Chick Peeps 
podcast, which won the Vegan Food and Living Best Podcast Award. Dr. Melanie Joy is an internationally recognized thought leader and psychologist specializing in relationships, communication, and social transformation. She's the award-winning author of seven books, including the best-selling Why We Love Dogs, Eat Pigs, and Wear Cows, Beyond Beliefs, A Guide to Improving Relationships and Communication for Vegans, Vegetarians, and Meat Eaters, and the forthcoming How to End Injustice Everywhere. Melanie is best known for her groundbreaking theories and work on the psychology of violence and nonviolence and on building healthy relationships. She's the founding president of the charitable organization Beyond Carnism. Thank you so much for joining us, Melanie and Ivana. So you've come together to create a new podcast called Just Beings, and it's all about creating a better world for ourselves as well as the animals and the planet. But let's, I mean, how did you guys meet? Because I was so surprised to see that you two coming <laughs> together. Obviously, you're both big names in the vegan movement, but you, you know, we wouldn't necessarily expect you to do something together. So how did it all start? I believe, I mean, I suppose it's that thing of like, like attracts like, isn't it? And uh, I'd read Melanie's work. I was really, I felt really seen by it. I remember just feeling like oh, nobody's kind of explaining this way of looking at animals, our relationship with animals, veganism in such a compassionate way and trying to understand, you know, what, what is it that makes some people care more? What is it that holds people back? Um, so yeah, I was very excited to talk to her. I had her on my podcast, the chick peeps. And, um, I remember just feeling, Oh, I, I wrote about this Melanie as you as you know I was really intimidated because I was like oh she's like this person is I gotta be switched on here I gotta be ready with all my notes um I know but that I also, feeling <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so um, do I very well <laughs> yeah but I also just felt like so you were such a kind person I felt really like I could chat to you and like you were just um yeah somebody who could you could have a normal com- human conversation with and um yeah. And then I think, how was it? I sent you my book after, you know, last year, some, some point last year. And we, it was a re- we reached out to you actually. Okay. And then yes. we, we, you had, I think you knew who, who about my work, but then we reached out to you with the video, what to say to vegans. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then oh, you okay. interviewed me. Remember on chick peeps? Yes. 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 Um, yeah, so that's how it started. And then I think we just were talking about ways to collaborate. And um, yeah, I think we both were having discussions about how we, you know, our work is always going to incorporate animals, but how do we get a greater reach beyond people who don't use the vegan label? Because um, I mean, that's something we can talk about in more depth, of course, but like, you know, the binary term is useful for labels and packages, but it kind of sometimes is a little bit exclusive when it comes to people. Um, And I really noticed that with my podcast that it, it wasn't bringing in all these, you know, sensitive, interesting open-minded people who were just you know intimidated by the label but at the same time I wanted to kind of welcome them into the conversation and talk to them and you know mm. um get their wisdom so that's how it started for me I don't know if you've anything to add to that yeah yeah no I love it and thank you yeah and it was so we do have similar memories of how we which is good could you imagine if I came in with a completely different story oh yeah you know I bumped into a <laughs> we met three years ago <laughs> and we started talking hey you're vegan too <laughs> um 
But yeah, I remember um, we reached out. So, so at Beyond Carnism, we, we created a video, what to say to vegans. And this is, you know, because it's just so hard for vegans to open up communication around the issue. I mean, you guys know this as soon as you say I'm vegan, or you don't even say I'm vegan, you say like, oh, I don't eat meat or something like this wall goes up. And all of a sudden, you're like having to like, justify and explain your lifestyle choices to somebody who like you just met five minutes ago for Mm -hmm. no reason. You know what I'm talking about? So we had just made this video about how to, what to say to vegans to help vegans basically have a tool to open up the dialogue. We were talking about when we launched this video, where's the best place to do it? It'd be great if Melanie was like in conversation with somebody about the video who has a similar approach to these issues. And then we reached out to you, Ivana, at the Chick Peeps podcast. Um, your podcast is so good and your approach was so aligned with us. And then after that conversation, I've told you this before, Ivana, it was like one of my favorite podcast interviews because you're just like so like easy to talk to and so present and so like yeah, you just like show up to the conversation in oh. a way that's very, very present and have that ability to kind of like stay talking about kind of ideas and big ideas, but at the same time to keep it like very real and fun and, mm-hmm. you know, grounded in emotion. And it's just, it was so nice. And it was later than I read your book, your memoir, The Opposite of Butterfly Hunting, that you sent me, um, which was really nice. And I was like, oh my God, this is really, really, really well done. And like so much to talk about. And then I wanted to have you on an Instagram live and interview about the book. And we started talking about that. And then we were like, Hey, you know, maybe we should have a podcast together because I had wanted to do a podcast and, um, Ivana's like energy and synergy was so like sympathetic, like so similar to my own. Um, that it felt like it better actually. She's <laughs> just, just like, you come across really well. And I felt like it would work really well. And we both, we, we were having this conversation, which is, you know, exactly what Ivana was saying. Um, we're having these great conversations about veganism, but we want to talk about more than veganism. Like being vegan is an expression of deeper values, you know, of a, of a life, of an orientation to life and to the world. And we want to talk about more than veganism, but keep it connected, always keep the animals in the conversation. And we wanted to talk about issues, um, talk in a way that would invite people into the conversation who weren't already vegan, as, as you said, Ivana, like identified with the term vegan. So yeah, that's sort of what led to this collaboration. I think what as well, what um, makes us work together well, what sort of united us, I think we both have quite an optimistic view on human nature where, you know, some activists come at people kind of feeling like well they see that most people don't change I and I think Melanie is the same I really believe that most people are compassionate when you get down to when you really understand them you know you understand what they've been through understand their prejudices their backgrounds that kind of thing so I'm always gonna I'm always coming at activism and advocating for veganism from that angle as as in like I know if we have a chat if I get to know you better we can agree on these things not in a way that I'm trying to like manipulate people but in a way (laughs) that I just think there there are basic human things we all agree on most of us want to do good most of us don't want to cause unnecessary suffering and um yeah it's it's like a I think when you when you look at people and talk to people from that perspective of believing good things about them it it tends to be a more productive conversation and I think that's where we really connected in our way of outreach I suppose you'd call it 
Yeah, definitely. Just being really committed to non-shaming and to like honoring people's dignity and to recognizing that, you know, there are a lot of people in the world who are not well willing or ready or able to move toward veganism for whatever reason. You know, maybe they don't have, you know, the ability to make their food choices freely. Maybe their life circumstances were such that they really struggle to connect with their own compassion, you know, but but there are a lot of people who are ready to move in that direction and just to, to help contribute to a better world for all beings. And those are the people we want to reach and we want to reach them in a way that waters the seeds in them of compassion and empathy, you know, and, and by communicating in a way that's not shaming and sort of speaking to their dignity, you know, and talking about solutions as opposed to, you know, some other kinds of approaches. That's just, I mean, science shows that that's actually more effective and it's just a more, you know, a relational approach. Yeah, I think um, I think sort of sometimes ranting about things doesn't always have the desired effect, does it? And I love the fact that you're because I think us vegans or activists or whatever you may want to, we want to label ourselves, we always want to reach this wide audience. But then sometimes we just get in this echo chamber where we're vegan and we're talking to vegans about veganism, and mm. you know we're not sort of getting beyond that. So I think it's brilliant that you've come up with this, you know, concept where you you're looking at all different, like you say, aspects of compassion. Um, what what are some of the themes then discussed in the podcast? I know um so and some of the guests. So you had Dr. Michael Gervais, and you were talking about sort of being true to our values and um how you know when we do that, people kind of um buy into us more than if we kind of give out these mixed messages and also building sort of mental skills and mental strength. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mike is a really interesting guest. He has a great podcast actually called Finding Mastery. And he has, he's a sports psychologist actually, um, who is also very much a vegan ally, very much moving in that direction. Um, so that's really great as well. And, you know, his work has been, he's looked at, you know, these, he works with and has looked at as well, like studied top athletes, like ultra performers, super, 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 super ultra performers, like the top 0.1% or whatever, you know, and the question was, you know, what, what is it that helps these people thrive? And, you know, it, I mean, obviously there are so many factors. You have to have a certain amount of privilege, right. Even to get to the, to get the support that you need to achieve that way. Yeah. Mike was looking at what are the mental skills that they employ in order to do the work that they need to do and to succeed in the way they need to. So he really like looked specifically at the mental skills that they developed. And, um, and that's what he spoke to. And, and one of the things that he was talking about was how important it is to be values aligned with yourself, like basically to be, he didn't use the term self mission aligned, but that's what I would call it. And he says, you know, a lot of times people are acting against their values and they don't even know it. And it's sort of like, so we're just not in sync with ourselves. We keep getting in our own way. And he talks about the importance of like really sitting down and, you know, writing out what are my core values? Like, what is it that's most important to me? Like we might say compassion. Okay. Well, what does that look like? Okay. Am I leading a life in a way that actually does reflect these values? And if not, what do I need to do to shift and pivot? And so this was a, a piece of a whole that he talked about, which, um, you know, also connected with mindfulness. I mean, he talks about the, the incredible importance of building mindfulness into your life so that you even have the ability to slow down and look inside and observe 
what's happening inside of you and what matters to you. Like most of us are just moving so fast. We're just filling our lives um, with so much. We're just, we're consuming so much, taking so much from the outside world into our lives and just like, you know, our own minds and our own thoughts ruminating that, that we, we don't have the quiet and the space and stillness and, and stillness inside of ourselves to really connect with who we are, really ask these questions and listen deeply. Like, who do I want to be in this world? How do I want to show up in this world? What are the most important values to me? And what, what does that look like? And is the way that I'm moving through my life, my day-to-day life, or the big picture of my life, my job job choice, career choice, or whatever, is this reflective of my values? So it was a very interesting conversation that I had with him and quite inspiring. Mm, yes, it's, there's so much noise around us. Like you say, it's easy to just sort of like you just get into onto the hamster wheel and you're just going round and round and suddenly it's like, you know, I think taking that time out is yeah, a great idea. Ivana, mm. who've who've you um enjoyed interviewing? Oh gosh, all of them really. Um uh I was really blown away by Joanne Molinaro, who a lot of your listeners might know as the Korean vegan. Because, uh, you know, she's so, um, well, so passionate about what she does. And she's such a gifted storyteller. And um, I just love that she's weaving, like, you know, some very serious themes, like um, our cultural relationship with food and, uh, you know, our family's background and her, her, her you know, her family are uh, um, immigrants and their story. I just love that that's all woven into food because that to me is what food is it represents so much more than just nutrition and what we eat and and I I think I've always found that a little bit um alienating about the vegan movement when some people think just you know cut these things out and move on with your life for me it was food had much more uh significance in my life than that um it it was a, a love language it was a method of control it was all these things it was um and, and you know i've been i've talked a lot about this before in in lots of interviews that um uh finding a way to make food my friend was like quite a quite a a um a victory i suppose and i hadn't seen many people talk so much about this rich uh, relationship with food in the way that Joanne does. And I mean, it's in her book as well. She's this beautiful book and it's Mm. just so much more than recipes. It's all about um, people and her family and love and all that. And so I really liked, I really love talking to her and, um, and she's interesting because she even, you know, she's called the Korean vegan. She almost never uses the word vegan veganism and she doesn't, or doesn't, well, that's actually probably not true. I, I think she almost never mentions animals, the ethical right. side of it. And yeah, it's very clearly, you know, veganism is an ethical stance. So we had a really interesting conversation about that, about is that, was that tactical? Um, you know, are the animals at the root of what she's doing? All these things. It was, mm. yeah, uh, that's a conversation I'll revisit. And I, I, one of the things that I took away from it that I never stopped thinking about is she said the book that changed her life was Twilight. And I was like, seriously, (laughs) (laughs) you know, she's such, um, she's just the last person I expected to say that, but she said it was, we had a really beautiful moment, like a conversation where she was talking about how it was a woman who was, you know, pursuing her pleasure and going after what she wanted. And you see that, you know, how Joanne has done that. She's built a life that's 
all on her terms, her storytelling, her, mm. her talents. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm all for examples of women going, yeah, I want more and I want it my way on my terms. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And I loved like what, what you were saying. I mean, I thought it was so interesting when she was talking about how, you know, she doesn't talk about the sort of reasons to stop eating animals that are related to animal rights, for example, but her message is so ethically loaded. Like she's always talking about ethics. She's talking about compassion and, you know, and she is actually talking about ethical veganism. If you think about practicing, you know, t- treating your body with compassion and putting foods into your body that reflect your values or putting foods into your body that you just want to nourish your body with because you care about yourself, you know, that is an ethical choice too. And I love the way that she sort of weaves ethics through everything she does and yet comes at this conversation so gently where people don't even think there's an ethical conversation happening in a way. Mm That's that's the sort of cleverness, isn't it? Of you know, mm-hmm. coming at it without people realizing that you're because it it does make me sad that whenever certainly in terms of our podcast, the episodes where we are focusing on animals, ethics, things like that, they do attract less downloads than wow. health and nutrition. <laughs> And it always breaks my heart a little bit because I think, don't, you know, don't people care? Like, yeah, it's a tricky one. I think sometimes people are maybe scared that they're going to hear something that they don't want to hear. I know, you know, you, mm. Melanie, we talked in the last podcast about, you know, trauma and things like that. And I think sometimes people, people are, yeah, are worried about what they're going to hear because it's going to upset them. It might be also that you know all your a lot of your listeners are already vegan and kind of going I don't need to hear that mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it's it's what you, you and Melanie talked about I assume that it's yeah. you don't often want to go to that place like I've had that recently with there's so many documentaries and I'm a bit like I'm not the target audience I already know like it's it's grim and yeah I think people sometimes need that wake-up call but I think you have to protect your boundaries as well when you're already in it you know mm. people like us who are always sort of in touch with these ideas and with this awareness it's like you've got a sort of I had that the other day a friend of mine who's who's not vegan incidentally but she sent me a a video of pigs sort of I don't know there was something that they were eating plastic or in their feed and everything and it was just one of those things where it was like I don't need to know this you know so I wouldn't be disheartened by that but I know what you mean. Like you yeah. want people to care about that. But. Yeah. And it's that, that's the reason that some people are so defensive against, you know, material that is, you know, about animal rights or animal welfare, or whatever, like they're, they're just so worried that they're going to be, you know, hit with something that they can never unsee again. Mm. And, you know, and it is true. You say it, well, Ivana, we have to protect our boundaries because, you know, if, there's a lot of trauma in the movement, in the vegan movement. A lot of people have been traumatized, you know, for, for very good reasons. And we have to be really careful about how much, you know, about sending people material that they haven't asked for and, you know, how much we let into ourselves. Yeah. What advice would you give to listeners then who feel a bit sort of overwhelmed with, you know, wanting to do their bit and make the world a better place and kind of spread the word, but they just don't, you know, it's just like you said, there's so much information. And I read a really helpful book lately. Um, It's called The Psychic Code. Um, 
but I wouldn't be put off by whether or not you believe, you know, psychics are real because it's more about people who are empaths and how they have to manage their energy carefully. Like, you know, if you come in off um, busy day in public or from public transport, literally setting intentions like um, like washing your hands and intending I'm getting rid of the day, getting rid of that energy. I think, you know, I think a lot of, and I'm sure Melanie can talk more to this, but I think a lot of vegans are empaths, are extra sensitive and do absorb people's energy. So, you know, I've, that's something I've been learning lately of kind of not taking on things that are other people's staying centered in my own energy. Um, I think that's, it's just an important practice to kind of, yes, protect your energy. And also just to remember that like you are much more effective uh, when you are sort of focused on one task at one time. Like as soon as you're, and, and I, I'll get this, I'll go on social media with the aim of going, right, got to do this post. And then I see five other charities who I really like <laughs> saying, would you mind sharing this thing? And it's like, my focus is suddenly split six ways and yeah. I'm not really useful to anyone because I'm not putting a hundred percent into the task I have. So I think if you really think of it in terms of practicality and how you can be most effective, most useful, yes, of course, your heart is pulled in many different ways and you want to, but, um, but, but, but honor the task that you've committed to, I think. And, uh, you know, don't get dragged into that whole reactive, um, what is it? Reactive activism. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say, but as I say that there's that one book, the psychic code has really helped me figure out energetic practices to not be pulled in those other directions. Mm-hmm. That's my advice anyway. I think I need to read yeah. that. It sounds, definitely sounds like <laughs> <It's> me. <great. laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, just building on what you were saying, um, Ivana, uh, that like a couple of tips that I would share. I mean, first of all, knowing yourself is so important. You know, you're talking about being empathic. Um, a lot of people who are attracted to veganism or who just like are attracted to helping, you know, the helping professions and being of service um, ha- are, you know, what are called highly sensitive people, HSP. There's very interesting literature on this. And there have been a lot of studies that have looked at how I think they say about 20% of the population is um, a highly sensitive person. That means that you're hardwired differently than others in that you are more sensitive to emotional, you're more emotionally sensitive and you're more sensitive to external stimuli, bright lights, loud sounds, you know, you need more beauty, you need more quiet, you need more stillness around you your nervous system gets flooded more easily than other people's do. You get overstimulated more easily than other people do. And you get dysregulated, like out of balance more easily than other people do. That said, even if you're not an HSP, we all have a certain tolerance for different things and honoring who you are and what you need in order to stay regulated. That means to stay in balance It's one of the most important things we can do. You know, give yourself permission, just check in with yourself during the day and ask yourself, do I feel in balance right now? And if not, what do I need to get back into balance? I know that, you know, before I had learned about this years ago, and I'm an HSP, and before I had learned about this sort of trait of being highly sensitive, I just kept feeling like if other people can tolerate this much stimulation, then I should be able to also, I should be able to stay up late at night and like not have to sleep so much. Like, why am I so bothered by the loud noises in this room? Like, why do I have to leave this demo early? Because it's just like overwhelming me. I really gave myself permission to honor who I am and what I need in order to be in balance. And that has really helped me to be much more sustainable. 
um, in my advocacy and my activism. I think it's very, very important. And whether you're an HSP or not, like one thing that everybody I think needs to do in, you know, who are vegans or anybody who's working to make the world a better place is, as I mentioned earlier, just be careful not to overwitness. you know, don't, we always think I've got to like, I got to watch those videos. I've got to look at that graphic, you know, image because this is what's coming in our feeds, you know, and this is what we feel often an obligation to take in. But like Ivana said, like, if you already know this, don't take any more trauma into your life because you're just going to develop a post-traumatic response, which is going to make you more dysregulated, which is going to increase the chances that you're less effective at your activism and probably increase your chances of burning out and taking other people down with you. So, I mean, it's really win-win because what's good for us is good for the movements that we're working for. And you know, and there's also been a lot of research looking at what helps people build resilience, you know, so that they can withstand the stress, the trauma of like what's happening in the world or what's happening in their lives or whatever it may be. And one really key resilience builder is healthy relationships, healthy connections, like people who maintain healthy connections with others are less likely to develop PTSD after a disaster, for example, you know, or after they've had a trauma themselves, whether it's a shared, shared trauma or not. And so, committing to building healthy relationships and to giving yourself permission to do the things that, you know, are good for you and feel good in many ways is, is really key. Yeah. I think those things will really resonate with our listeners. What are some of the things that you hope um, people will take away from the podcast then? Oh, I, I hope people, I hope it makes people think, you know, that's actually something we talked about with Lily Cole, that we wanted to facilitate more conversation than answers. Um, and I think it's, you know, something I've learned as a vegan when I, when I first started veganism, I was just like, right, give me all the answers. Give me the book. I want to do it perfectly. I want to take (laughs) it all off and be done. And the deeper I got into it and into activism, you know, I realized there's infighting in the vegan community. There's gray areas. There's things that we all disagree on. You'll never sort of reach the right answers. It's more about finding the right answers within yourself, having that sense of authenticity. So I hope it gives people, you know, that it sort of empowers people. I never want the podcast or any, you know, any podcast I'm part of to kind of be prescriptive. I want it to cause people to look inwards. Um, yeah. To empower them to, to, to ask these questions or do whatever they want to do. Um, and also I hope it, Oh, I hope it makes, uh, you know, people who are interested, cause we know it is a podcast about wellness and looking after yourself and part of the reason Melanie and I started the conversation was we, we the, the podcast was we said there are so many wellness podcasts and social justice podcasts that leave animals out. You know, they casually talk about um, animals being exploited and, you know, they'll talk about that they had, a, the, they'll talk about spirituality and then they'll say they had a chicken salad. And it's like, you know, not to shame them, but there's, there's a being there that needs to be considered in the with the same consideration you're giving everyone else you're talking about in this space so mm-hmm. i hope it will make um yeah people who are interested in that people who are naturally compassionate consider their relationship with animals and um consider them as, as sentient beings maybe open their their mind to that and what they can do to sort of connect with animals mm-hmm. um, on a deeper level 
Yeah. And, and really just like building on what you said, really just, you know, helping people also learn about issues that are going on in the world. You know, we talk to people who are, you know, thought leaders in different spaces who are doing like, you know, innovative work on helping create a better world. Maybe it's for animals, but maybe it's for humans. Maybe it's for the environment. Maybe it's for all of the above. And so really being able to like have this sort of more holistic approach where we talk about social issues and social transformation, as well as personal issues and personal wellness and personal transformation, and really look at how the way that we relate factors into all of this, you know, do we relate in a way that's healthy, contributing to better lives and and relationships in our sort of immediate circles? And do we support sort of healthy systems, healthy sort of activities in the world, helping to create a better world for all beings in the process? Mm. Yeah, well, I've certainly, I've listened to a few episodes now and I've really enjoyed it. So um, It's presumably on all the usual platforms, isn't it? So, um, and you've also got a website, Just Beings. Is it JustBeings.com? JustBeingsPodcast.com. Well, just to finish, what other projects have you both um, been involved with recently? Sure. Um, so, yeah, at Beyond Carnism, um, we've actually just launched a, a new video um, about uh, what we're calling Kitten Gate. It's about the impact of animal agriculture on the climate. It's really short, um, hopefully very sticky, innovative video about the importance of making animal agriculture a climate priority. People can um, find that through, well, we're hashtagging Kitten Gate and our channels Beyond Carnism um, at carnism.org and um, our social media channels. Um, we have some new SIVA materials. Our Center for Effective Vegan Advocacy is producing some new, um, calling them vegan communication hacks, like basically bite-sized materials for vegans to help them communicate more effectively is like building out our resources and some new trainings for vegans, one specifically focusing on infighting, prevent a workshop on preventing and like managing infighting in the movement and in organizations, which I'm really excited about. We're going to be doing, I think, a lot of work around infighting to to help address this problem Mm -hmm. um, in the movement. And um, I have a new book coming out in 2023 called How to End Injustice Everywhere. And It's uh, looking at the kind of common denominator, the common mentality and dynamics, behaviors that drive all forms of injustice against animals, you know, humans and the the planet. So those are just a a few of the activities we're working on. People can come to carnism.org to learn more about what we're doing. Fantastic. I look forward to reading that. So I know you've um, worked on your memoir fairly recently, Ivana. Um, it's yeah, well, one. almost a year ago now. Oh, really? Time goes so <laughs> and it's quickly, great. It? Know, it's so yeah. good. Thank you. Um, yeah, my man, my uh, my agent is like saying, "What about what about the next one?" I'm like, "Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, some authors are already ha- lining up their next one when mm-hmm. publication hits, but I feel like I needed to take some time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, the plan is to do more writing and uh fiction next i have i have an idea for a novel i've been working on. everyone has an idea for a novel don't they of course <laughs> so i shouldn't even say that i should jinx myself but yeah more, more writing um but it'll probably be next year i can share any details of that so yeah. 
That's Brilliant. Me. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna have lots to read in 2023, I think, aren't we? So yeah, lots to look. Be 2024. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no pressure to read. No pressure, Ivana. <laughs> yeah, get that book out. Don't you ever sometimes out. feel though? Like I'm sure you both get it. You get sent so many books from people. Sometimes I'm like, can everyone just stop writing books for a minute so I can catch up on my reading? Well, yeah. in your book, your memoir. I mean, it's so bi- it's so much. I mean, there's so much information. It's really long and. You you know, in a good way though. Like I actually didn't want it to end. Um, So I can imagine that you would need to like really catch your breath and sort of push the reset button before diving into another major writing project. It's a lot. Yeah. Although for me, writing concisely takes more time than writing at length. I've tried, Mm -hmm. I fail. (laughs) I I like words. I like lots of words, but um, yeah, definitely. But no, as I say, trying to make the jump to fiction and it's, it's so different because nonfiction it's, it's already written. It's just interpreting. It's all, it's very similar to acting actually, because you're interpreting and kind of building a story around the story. That's all the story's already there. It's just about putting your take on it. So yeah, the, the fiction jump will be a big, step but yeah. people have done it people have managed yeah. it so yeah oh you'll be great I'm <laughs> yeah. sure yeah well yeah I certainly love to read that I mean I haven't read your memoir but I know it's um you know it sounds like quite a personal sort of um experience and like Melanie said it probably takes quite a lot of out, out of you to kind of you know sort of put yeah all yeah of that emotionally yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 I like I know I'm a bit uh cruel that way I I like to I like to torture people a bit with well I like art that does that that (laughs) shakes you up and makes you feel things so yeah it's not a light read so no you're not in that place (laughs) I wouldn't call it a light read definitely not yeah (laughs) oh I know but I think that's part you know that's part of being human isn't it sort of feeling Mm. that emotion and you know sort of other people's experiences well thank you both so much for joining me and um good luck with the podcast is this are you doing like season one and then gonna have a break and then another season or what can we expect yeah yeah we've just we've got I think it's like eight episodes in season one so a few more to go um and yeah I suppose stay tuned for season two but yeah there's a lot of podcasts you people can be listening to yours in the meantime yeah. <laughs> I know most of our guests have a podcast so yeah it's <laughs> to keep you busy yeah fantastic thank you so much both thanks, of you Holly. really appreciate thanks for having it. us Thanks for listening to the Simply Vegan podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe and leave us a review. We'll be back next Thursday when I'll be chatting to Chef Stephanie Michalak-White about maintaining our health and well-being on a plant-based diet. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.